Hey y'all, it's Doreen, mom of the dairy-free dude. I thought I'd jump onto the podcast today. I keep an eye and ear always trained on the buzz within the food allergy community. Lately, I've been seeing some repeated topics that I just wanted to address from my own perspective. Try to set aside quick judgments and offense-taking for a second and just hear me out. Hear my heart and my experience, please. Welcome everyone to Dairy Free Dude. I am Logan Graham, and I'm here to talk to you about how to thrive in a world where dairy products seem to be as common as dirt. So there's this big issue of feeding, how to keep our food allergic kids eating, especially when the diagnosis comes later in childhood when they're really aware that certain foods are no longer available to them. First, Let me say, it's completely okay to have a grieving process. Outsiders will say, what? Over food? Let me tell you, I have learned one thing. People are really attached to their food. And they can get downright nasty and aggressive if they're prevented from using it, especially those on the outside without food allergies. It's breathtaking at times. Anyway, yes, it's okay to have a grieving process. Let's face it, change is hard for most people. And when you involve a fundamental part of life, like food, it can be very hard. Food, flavors, dishes, and the like can be a source of joy and tradition. At the onset of removing foods due to food allergy diagnosis, it can feel like genuine loss. Most people can have a hard time seeing into the future and how they can do things differently. I always tell my kids, life seems to be 99% plan B or C through G. Plan A, that absolute perfect plan for things, almost never seems to work. Learn to flex and be creative so that you can come up with another plan or two and continue on. Second, don't live as a victim. And don't let your child or food allergic family member or friend put on a victim mantle either. Don't do it. This does not have to wreck your life. Life sometimes delivers us some tough stuff. Stand up to it. There's nothing better for a food allergic person than to seize onto a confident, empowered mindset towards eating and nutrition and refuse to let a food allergy victimize them. For that reason, I don't even like to use the phrase handicap. Hardly ever. We just deal with it as a factual thing and move on. Don't get stuck in the if-only mode. I mean, if only we didn't have this food allergy to deal with. Well... That just won't get you anywhere other than stuck. At this point in time, there is no way to cure severe food allergies and you must eat. So, you must move on. Set your mind towards acceptance and set out to creatively problem solve. Involve the whole family. A team approach, so there's no one left out. Or weird. As a family, we embrace this because we care about each other. 
my son's welfare and feelings are important to me, more important than this food item. In our house, one of us has a severe wheat allergy, that's me, and one of us, the dairy-free dude, has a severe dairy allergy. We went dairy and wheat-free 18 years ago. All of us. And guess what? We are all fine. And eat happily. We did it together. We chose it. Keep that house of yours as a safe haven. We were on the offense, not victims in defense mode. It has never been all of us enjoying this meal and the dairy-free dude having his serving of his own weird food. That's just exclusionary. Did I have to work a little to be sure we were all going to get the necessary nutrition with the removal of certain foods? Yep. But it didn't break me. And it won't break you either. Any of us who have crossed over from normal foods to the safe substitute allergen-friendly foods are all aware. There are differences. Differences in taste, texture, color, smell, availability, and whoa, price. Let's just acknowledge all of that. I'm not going to waste time trying to pretend an allergy-friendly substitute is an identical match for the dangerous offending food. I'm also not going to spend my time pining for that real stuff. It can kill my child. It is not my friend. It is not worth pining over. And don't, I mean don't, let your allergic child hear you constantly pining for the real stuff. Don't do that to them. That is harmful. It's like telling them repeatedly, I'm doing this for you, but I really don't like having to, and I wish I didn't have to. It also can make them wonder about compromising and trying a food that is dangerous to them. On the other hand, there are many, many wonderful substitute allergen-safe foods out there today that taste great, perform great, provide great nutrition, and make wonderful meals that can be enjoyed and celebrated, and keep your allergic one alive and healthy. That is a win. And honestly, there are many, many things you can make that others will love, and dare I say, even rave over? Yes, rave. Without that offending food item in it. Ha! Keep some fun treats on hand. And occasionally, you can have some of that offending food when you're out alone and out of the house. I look at this like a challenge. I like a challenge. Oh, you say I can't? Well, watch this. Now, my family members know I have a high grit quotient. I am a determined person when I get something in my mind. I will find a way to make it work. I apply this to our food life. Sure, there are failures along the way. I think of these as science experiments where I have to change my hypothesis. And then I try again. The more I learn, the less failures I have. And most of the time, it does not end in defeat. Pull up those bootstraps and attack it. Don't let this life settle you into a less mentality and celebrate when you have a win using substitute products or methods to make something great. Post it on Instagram or in a Facebook group. You will inspire and encourage others. 
we never embrace the idea of picky eaters. I know that will be unpopular with some people. I see a lot of babble about how hard it is to feed picky eaters with food allergies. Can I just remind you that as a parent, or even if you are the allergic person, you are in charge. It's okay to say that. You should not be held hostage by a child. I know it's normal to fall into the trap of catering to someone who is, we'll use the term here, disabled. It's a normal response as you are so concerned for how they feel. However, resist the trap of being held hostage by their growing demands and refusals. Humans generally get hungry repeatedly. If a child gets hungry but doesn't like what you're providing, eventually they will capitulate and eat what you provide. Pick your battles. You don't have to die on every hill. They are learning to adjust and that takes personal work. If they're completely unwilling to eat plan A, be sure you have maybe a simple plan B available, like a simple supply of fruits or veggies. But limit this. You don't want to encourage the restaurant mentality either. You shouldn't have to offer five options for every dinner. That is just not sustainable. And you want to be able to function long term. Oh, and you shouldn't have to pay them to eat either. Has anyone seen that potato commercial that suggests you pay them in fries? Absurd. Don't let them get you worked up about their refusal either. Dismiss the beginnings of tantrums as unacceptable and not worthy of your attention. They will see that you cannot be manipulated and that they must move on. I am convinced that some of this refusal slash picky eater problem is really just a case of poor salesmanship. Therefore fixable. I have worked with kids for probably 30 years in many different situations and I found that you can really get somewhere with good salesmanship. They enjoy fun names, jokes, involvement, pretend, and wanting what they see someone else enjoying. Give fun names to substitute products you are trying to get them to try. We called mayo sandwich cream, broccoli trees, and used our dairy-free pudding to paint beards on our faces, which was then licked off. Play. Plate in inventive ways. Let them eat in a tent. I made many meatloaves disguised as cupcakes sometimes. Those went down easily. I invented a sauce named after my son, which he was proud of. Don't forget that tastes change as we mature as well. I tried several years to sell the idea of zucchini. Then I hit the jackpot with the invention of pizzeria chicken, which was loaded with zucchini in a tomato sauce. My husband invented kids' coffee, dairy-free milk and chocolate syrup over ice, so they could enjoy drinks together. Have fun. Life is not over because of a severe food allergy diagnosis. Always pack your own treats, making them as special as you can. At many an event, my kid had better treats than what was provided, drawing interest from other kids. This has the double benefit of opening up dialogue for allergy education. Bring something homemade, allergy safe, and spectacular to a family event. Stop expecting others to get your allergy lifestyle or condition. 
Stop expecting them to be able to cater to your allergy needs. If you've learned anything from your allergy life journey, you've learned it's hard to figure out and it takes time. Other people are not generally going to be up to speed to ensure your safety. And then if you consider how many things people can be allergic to, the learning curve and work just multiplies. It's not realistic to expect them to be an expert like you are. And it makes you dependent on someone else for allergen safety. No, you want to be in charge of your allergen safety. But by all means, do your part to help the progress of allergy education whenever or wherever possible. Can we also talk about restaurants? I believe it's unrealistic to expect all restaurants to be 100% allergen safe. Have you even seen the pace at which a commercial kitchen moves? And how many moving parts and people are involved? Remember the learning curve when you started on an allergy life journey? It's just a fact that mistakes are going to happen. So you can try to dine out with severe food allergies, but be informed, be aware, be alert, communicate with staff, but know that ultimately you are responsible for your own safety. Yes, we do have to trust when a place advertises itself as allergen safe, but as I just mentioned, you have to recognize that your choice to dine out does come with risk. There have been only three restaurants in 18 years that we've felt safe dining out at. We don't do it very often, and we're always ready with an EpiPen and a phone for calling 911. Guess what? Dining out is not a requirement for happy living. Yes, it's a convenience and it's fun, but you can't exist without this being a regular part of your life. Take up the adventure of learning to cook. You'll be really proud of your accomplishment and ability to provide safe, nutritious, and creative food. Involve your allergic loved one in the process of food making. This will give them ownership and open them up to trying things they might not previously have agreed to trying. This will empower them to take ownership of their severe food allergy and learn to move on and cope as a fact of life rather than being a helpless victim. And they'll be much more ready for adult life as an allergic person. Plus, you'll get a break from the meal-making responsibility. We even just decided to play a game occasionally where I provide $20 and the dude visits a convenience store when we're on vacation away from home with the challenge of finding supplies to create an allergen-safe meal. When he first had the idea, we were at a convenience store looking for drinks. He started perusing all that was available, reading various labels and trying to figure out what he could make from what was available. That is empowerment in action. I told him it was one of the highlights of my trip in that I felt peace from knowing he could provide for himself in a pinch. I hope I've given you some ideas, encouraged and challenged you. You can do this and thrive, and so can your food allergic loved ones. This is Logan Graham, the Dairy Free Dude. Live on!